All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 155 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL, and I am with the 101 of Cincinnati Eagles fans, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Andrew, how are you doing, man? I'm great. I don't know if I'm the 101 of Cincy fans, but I appreciate the compliment. I will take it. Uh, I I consider you to be the 101. If I had a, a Cincinnati Bengals fans draft, you'd be my first pick. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, Drew is is out in the uh, in the streets, uh, uh, just promoting the good word of the timeline, and so we needed a uh, we needed a co-host and. Andrew was more than gracious to come on down and uh, enlighten the uh, the timeline fans the same way he enlightens the the uh, junkie fans uh, every Thursday. So, without further ado, Andrew, let's go with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Uh, would you like to start first, or would you like me to start first? Oh no, you you first, please. I would like to follow actually, on this one. Actually, that that was a bad question on my part. I should know better. You're the guest. I want you to go first. Well, I think um, I, I do. I do. I get to. I've, it's been so long, Josh. Do I get to pick the good, the bad, or the ugly, or do we start with the good? We start with the good. That's what I was hoping for because I usually like to finish with the good news, right? Like kind of bad news first, and that, you know, finish on the good note. But I don't blame you at all. Good. I think the. Uh, the good I will say is the amount of analysis on all fronts on the timeline lately has been Ooh. terrific. Ooh. I will say that there has been a lot of, of really stellar work by a lot of people. I want to give a nice promo to everybody. I don't know how else to put that. Just, I feel like there's been a ton of ways to break down stats. There's been a ton of, you know, interesting discussions and debates. Uh, and I, I just, if we're going to start with the positive, I'm going to keep it generic and just say, I feel like the timeline in theory, in general, has been pretty good with the numbers lately. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, Drew and I put a lot into it. We, we try our best. It's, uh, it's like I tell people all the time, you know, especially on the Twitter machine. I, you know, I say, listen, if you find somebody that's 100%, you, you better lock them in your basement and just, right. uh, and, and just <laughs> keep feeding them and watering them and, and have them give you that information because uh, I, would, I am someone who... I have no issue uh, when I get it right, but I'm also, I have no issue uh, being the first one to say when I got it wrong. So uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate well, that. I just saying like in general on, on all of the people, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you guys have been doing great too, but I mean, like there's been a lot of accountability on, on Twitter lately and a lot of people yeah. talking about, you know, owning mistakes. I feel like there is some, some, I don't know, some positive swallows. We're heading into the middle of the season here. I, know, I feel like it's been a pretty good time lately. It has been a good time. And I, I wonder if that's because it's been kind of a weird season. Yeah. A, a lot of the things that we thought were going to happen didn't happen. I mean, if I had told you week one, Andrew, Jeff Saturday, <laughs> a man – who has not coached one single solitary minute at the college or pro level would be the head coach 
of the Indianapolis Colts, you would have said, Josh, you're on drugs, get help. (laughs) And everyone would have agreed with you, and that's fine. And here we are going into week 10. The Indianapolis Colts have Jeff Saturday as their head coach and Matt Ryan on the bench at quarterback. And I know that happened a few weeks ago, but literally they're saying, hey, Sam Ellinger, you're our guy. It's just like, okay. Well, and and if you think about it too, it could be, I mean, this is, it could be Taylor sitting too. We could have... Jeff Saturday coaching Sam Ellinger and Deion Jackson, just like everybody drew it up back in August. You know what I mean? Like what a wild turn of events this team has had. I don't think I haven't really talked much about the Reich getting fired news. And and I think that that was the right move. I think that that was what the team needed. I think doing it in the middle of the season is a little bit odd, but not that odd given that team and how bad they are and what they need and all this. And again, with the, you know, again, injuries to Ryan and, and Taylor and all of that. I think that there is some, I don't know, maybe some excuses you could throw up and right. be like, you know, it's not all my fault, but I don't, I don't mind the, the, the move away from Reich. I guess I do have a little bit of an issue with Jeff Saturday. I feel like it's a tryout. Like he has, he's never done this before. Like, what are, what are you doing? You're just pulling him in. Cause he's a good guy. He played for the franchise. Like, I feel like this is a make a wish or something. Like it's just so odd. Well, and it's funny. And I, I don't know if you heard this bit of information. I actually just heard this today. Apparently, during the offseason, they wanted to bring Jeff Saturday in as the offensive line coach. And he said, no, thanks. Yeah. I guess he was just waiting for that head coach opportunity <laughs> to come in. Head coach or nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and good for him and his agent. I mean, they, they went for, for for their number to get called and, and it got called. Um, yeah, I mean, and we can go over, you know, a bunch of other things that, you know, ha- have just been kind of crazy and and unpredictable and and I think that's where we've been able to kind of I think a lot of us have been wrong about a lot of things you know our batting averages probably aren't as high this season because unless you were just like throwing things at the wall and just saying okay like it's gonna stick uh, you know your batting average is probably low and I'm cool with that like well I think something that maybe people don't understand when it comes to fantasy analysis is, and I, I think that you do very well, and I think this is a perfect place to bring some of this up, but we're trying to predict the future, and which is just not possible, right? And I think uh, a, a lot of times people want someone that they're getting advice from to be correct more often than they're not. And I, I agree with more often than they're not. Right. But I think a lot of times people, you know, when, when you say you're correct 60% of the time, that doesn't sound very good. But in reality, that's amazing. Like, honestly, if we can be correct 60 to 65% of the time, if we're right two times out of three, that's a good day. And I think that sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle with all the conversations and all the different people giving advice and all the accountability and all this. If I say three things and one of them ends up being false, that doesn't make me a bad person. That doesn't make me bad at what I'm doing. It just makes me average like everyone else. Like we're, we're trying to do, do more than, than zero. Right. And I think right. sometimes that's where those, those kind of accountability things can get kind of odd because you can start to see, Hey, this person was wrong about, I don't know, Antonio Gibson, or this person was wrong about Najee Harris. Like, well, what about the other, other takes that they were right on? Right. You know? And I think part of me is kind of what you said. Like I'd much rather see the correct takes alongside the wrong takes. Yeah. If you're just cherry picking wrong takes, then all of us are wrong all the time on that. view. That's not fair. 
you got to be able to put it in context and say, hey, what's your hit rate? Are you two right. out of three or are you two out of ten? That matters. And I don't I just think sometimes that context gets lost in the shuffle. And I'll say this one thing I pride myself on. And if you've listened to the show, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking just to anybody yeah. listening. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know, one thing I pride myself on is. My draft analysis and. I went in and I said, listen, I think Garrett Wilson is the fly receiver in this draft this year coming out. And people hit me with that Drake London. And I said, listen, from what I see, and that's why I always preface it, because you and I can watch the same exact thing and see two totally different things. And that's fine because yeah. we have different experience. We, we understand the game in different ways. It's cool. I said, I get, you know, I get why you would like Drake London. But from what I see from Drake London, I see a lot of things I don't like. Week one, Drake London crushed it. And I mm -hmm. apologized on this. I said, I, I, by the way, pretty much everyone that I hated on during the offseason smashed in week one. <laughs> Michael Pittman, smash. Drake London, smash. I mean, Everyone came out and smashed. I looked, I mean, we're talking about percentages. My week one percentage was probably 15%. It was terrible. But that the fantasy season isn't one week. Right. <laughs> it, it is. Well, and that's actually, that's another angle too, is that, you know, at, at what point are you considering your, your take right or wrong? You know, like there were a lot of people that were saying Justin Fields is going to be great. And then after week four, people were pulling receipts saying, oh, you're an idiot, you're way off. And, and now it's like, here we are at week 10 and Justin Fields is looking good again. I mean, like, that's part of what I don't understand about this, you know, kind of general accountability culture that's coming out. I'm totally fine with being held accountable. I'm totally fine with having conversations and discussing the nuance about why I think things and talking about, like you just hit on it, like why I think that, you know, why I might think London is better is because of X, Y, Z. And I'm rarely, rarely do I ever say to someone, you're wrong. It's more like mm -hmm. what you just said. I see this. This is my mm -hmm. opinion. I'm adding my flavor to this argument. And I think sometimes people look at it like it's black and white and you can't you, you can't be right and wrong. So you're one or the other. And I think far too often, especially in fantasy and in a, in a very unpredictable sport within a sport, it's it's impossible to be all the way right and all the way wrong. So I don't like when people are called out for being all the way wrong. It's like, well, you know, they were wrong this week, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong in a couple weeks. And even just right. this, you know, this short season so far, it's only we've only had nine weeks of data. There's a ton of rookies that are going to play for years. And we're not going to remember these first nine weeks. So, I mean, we, we haven't even seen Jamison Williams play. We haven't even right. seen John Mechie play if he decides to play. We haven't seen much yeah. of, of, if anything, of Traylon Burks. I mean, like, there's a whole bunch of these guys that have, you know, and I think just in general, the, the dynasty community, the fantasy community, is so, I don't know, overreactive and, and just quick to change. And it just seems unnecessary in a way. So that's, it's ironic because that's what I was going to get into is my ugly was how overreactive <laughs> things are lately. Like I like the positive stats and the numbers and the way people are doing work, but the ugly is just like, man, quit, just give people a chance to breathe. Like you don't have, man, I just, that's my gripe, I guess. That's the ugly. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's so funny because I, again, I'll go back to what I said about Justin Fields coming out 
I said he is, and this is this is before your rookie drafts during the offseason analysis. I said Justin Fields has the opportunity to be just as good as Trevor Lawrence. They were one and two, switched that back and forth throughout high school. They were one and two throughout college. There's a reason for that. It's not because of the hype machine. You don't get ranked as the first and second best quarterback coming out of a high school class because of the hype machine. Because guess what? Yes, there are some people who are really into high school sports and there's websites all around it and everything. And I get that. But there's not much of a hype machine guy like Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, then bust onto the scene at Clemson. Wins a national championship, beats Alabama, blah, blah, blah. We all know the story. But when you watch a Justin Fields and you watch a Trevor Lawrence, they do a lot of things really well. Some things Trevor Lawrence does better. Some things Justin Fields does better. But they do a lot of things really well. And... After the first few weeks, I was there sour on Justin Fields, and here's the reason why. And I and I explained this too. It wasn't the fact that I thought Justin Fields was a bad player. I felt like the Chicago Bears were a bad organization. They had an entire offseason and an entire draft. They do next to nothing to help the offensive line. They do next to nothing to get him weapons to surround himself with to make him a dynamic player and then week five week six comes around and Eberflus just is like you know what Justin Fields can run a whole lot (laughs) Khalil Herbert seems to have like a big play every three carries David Montgomery is good in the league. Why don't we just run it a ton and see what happens? And then it's like, here we go. Everything clicks. And now, you know, you you probably could have gotten Justin Fields for, you know, a a bag of balls in week (laughs) three. And now, like, if you want Justin Fields, and by the way, I will recommend here, Go out and see if you can get Justin Fields, but you're gonna have to pay a lot. You're you're oh, going, now, yeah. You are going to pay, and that's the difference between week three and week nine, a month and yep. a half. Yep. You know, we I say, hey, in a month and a half, you know, we're gonna go out and get something to eat. You go, that's not really that far away. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll put it on my calendar. We'll go out, we'll get something to eat, grab a few drinks, no problem. And in that short of a period of time, Justin Fields went from like. Nobody really wanted him. Everyone's slamming him to this. He might be the best quarterback to come out of that 2020 draft. Which is just nuts considering where we were six weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I I agree with you entirely. Yeah. And and that's, that's the thing about it. So yeah, you know, I'll get into my good and I like where you're going with it. So I want you to keep where you've been going. I'm going to talk about a player. And if you didn't talk about a player, uh, you you 
lined it up perfectly for me. So I'm going to do it. There's a guy in week nine that plays for your sense. And by the way, talk about a guy. Now, now that we're on this line of conversation, talk about a guy, the community. They love him and then they hate him. Then they love him all over again. And then they hate him all over again. You know who I'm talking about. I am talking about running back extraordinaire, Joseph Mixon. Yeah. Running back yeah. touchdown, right? You'd be happy. You'd well, be he, really he had five touchdowns this week. Yeah, five touchdowns. That's a ceiling. Yeah, like that's a ceiling. That's a crazy ceiling to me. And I think that there are a lot of people that won their weeks because of Mixon. Five oh. touchdowns. It's nuts. Sell Joe Mixon. That's honest to God where I'm like, anybody who's asking Why? me, like, should I trade for him? No, don't trade for Mixon oh. right now. Send him away. You can no, no, send no. Mixon in a package right now and no. get some massive stuff in return. Like, I, I, I don't have evidence of it, but I got a feeling that there are people out there who we were just talking about who overreact to everything, who are overreacting to this news. Like, Mixon is the next coming, and it's like, we don't know that. It was a great week, but I've seen every Bengals game, some of them in person, and man, it it is brutal watching him sometimes. <laughs> like just that offensive line isn't great, and, and without Chase, we needed him, and he he showed up. But man, yikes! So he averaged on the ground seven yards a carry. Do you know that he has only averaged more than three and a half yards a carry? For two other games this season. And this is what you're talking about. This is this yep. is to go along with the hey, listen, you can get games like this. You can. And when you do, oh man, you're happy. But you know, week four against Miami, 24 attempts for 61 yards, two and a half yards of carry. That's not good. No. And, and by the way, I I do want to keep heaping praise on Joe Mixon, so I'm going to. He had four receptions for 58 yards. Like that, we always talk about that. You want running backs that can catch the ball. You know, a target is worth more than a carry. You know, we, we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. So he blew up. He went for almost 200 total yards, five touchdowns. It was crazy. Um, I don't have Joe Mixon anywhere, and I think I was actually really lucky that I didn't play Joe Mixon anywhere. So I, I kind of got lucky where, like, he didn't just torpedo me in, in a game this week. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's my good. So I'll, I'll hand it back to you. What, what, is, what is your bad? What, what, what's bad around here? Well, I feel like if, if we're going to talk about the, the Twitter timeline and like the greater community and everything, I think there's some division kind of, and I don't know how much we want to get into this, but because it's not really related to football, but the whole badge blue verification thing, I feel like we'd be <laughs> remiss if we didn't bring that up on a show dedicated to the timeline in a way. And I just think the, the, the kind of the division around I'm, I'm, what was that? kind of cut out sorry i didn't Josh. say anything 
Okay, sorry. No, I was just like, my, my thing is like, I'm kind of oh. poking fun at it. I'm kind of making jokes about it. And more of those are jokes on, on Twitter than for the people getting the badges, right? Like, if you want to go get that badge, go get that badge. If you want to go pay for Twitter Blue and have the ability to, to get your content pushed to more people, more power to you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not at all upset with the people doing it. But I think it's, it's starting to cause this little bit of a rift in the community, which I really hope doesn't stay. And I hope that either, you know, either everybody decides it was a dumb idea and we all stop doing it or we all realize, oh, that's a great idea. We all need it because I think it's starting to cause a little bit of a, I don't know, like a a rift is the only thing I can come up with. So I feel like it's just I think it's a bad move on Twitter's part. I think it's a bad move on on Elon's part and all this. And I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole, but I just feel like that it causes a, a really odd I don't know, juxtaposition of people because it causes drama where there isn't drama before. And I just, to me, that's the bad. I don't need more drama on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of it on there. I don't need you to add any to it. So yeah, as, as much as that is like, it's related, it's not really related to the timeline, but it is, it's prevalent. Everybody sees it. You know what I mean? It's something we can't get away from. It, it, it's prevalent. And here's my thing. I personally do not care. if you. If you say to yourself, I'm going to pay this $8 and I'm going to get this check mark next to my name, I don't even care what your reasoning is behind it. Yeah. You want to get your content pushed out to more people? Good. You want to just have the, the check mark for the status symbol that it is? Good. I don't care what it is. I, I want to try to give you some good news here, Andrew. I think that this is going to be a temporary thing. And here, here's the reason why. I think it was during COVID, if I remember correctly, and my memory's not always the best besides like football stuff. But Twitter made a big push, and obviously this was pre-Elon. They were they were just handing out more blue check marks. They, you mm-hmm. know, it, the the barrier to entry was a lot lower, and a lot of our friends took advantage of that and they got themselves blue check marks. And I think the same kind of rift was around then. I think it was like, well, why does Joe Schmo fantasy analyst with 986 followers now have a blue check mark? That guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he only has 986 followers, which has always been the stupidest argument known to yes. man. But that's another story for another day. Yep. And then after like two weeks, it was just like, okay, guy with 986 followers has a check mark. Who cares? And and I think we're gonna see we're gonna see the same thing. Two weeks a month, it's gonna be like, why does Joe Schmo, fantasy analyst, decide he wants to pay eight bucks or she wants to pay eight bucks and get a blue check mark? Why do you care? Right. Right. Personally. And that's kind of where I'm at with it, too. Like, if you want to do it, knock yourself out. I'm not crapping on you for doing it. I'm not crapping on anybody. If they think they want, knock yourself out. I just okay. think it's a silly move on on Twitter's part to charge people for it. I think that's where my my ultimately my my I don't know, my alarm bells go off from like now it's becoming like a pay to play in a sense. And like I said before, what I've heard is is kind of rumor mill anyway. We don't really know everything that's going to happen. It's only for iPhone right now, too, which you right. can't do it on Android, which is an interesting twist. Um, and again, the, the, they're promising that that it will push your tweets to the top of the algorithm. And, it, you know, but have we seen that? Has that have we proven that? Not yet. Right. So there's a whole bunch of people, I think, that are 
like I considered for honestly, maybe five minutes considered doing it just to test it out and see what it was like, see if it was worth it. And then I was like, I just don't think it's going to be worth it for me. I don't do a lot. Of, I mean, I, I tweet, but I'm not I don't live on Twitter to the point where I need my posts to get seen by people. I write articles and I have a podcast and I have a good time, but it's not my career. So I really don't feel like I need that. And right. then it just again, there's there's this I don't know veneer of does that cheapen it if now all you have to do is have eight dollars in your account and you can get like it does that mean anything anymore the badge itself like so part of me is just kind of like nah, i'll sit this one out and i'll just watch from the sidelines and see how it plays out but back to your point i agree with you i think in a couple of weeks it probably won't matter and that's kind of what i said i think you'll start to see either it matters and everybody gets checkmarked which then means nobody's checkmarked because we're all there together right. or the people that do it after a month decide that really didn't help me at all or it, the drama wasn't worth it or the it just was too much stress and I don't want to bother. It was I tried it out. I don't like it. So I feel like we're going to see a, a leveling out. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. But back to another point I did want to mention, which I think is interesting, is that you hit the nail on the head. 2020, everybody was like, man, I can't believe so-and-so got a check mark. That's ridiculous. And now it's like, oh, I can't believe I can get a check mark. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's like, well, I mean, it, it didn't matter then. It doesn't matter now. I mean, like I, I, I did try to get the check mark before it was pay to play. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I kind of want to see it, what that takes in the process and all this, because there were definitely people that deserved it more than me or were more notable than me or were smarter right. than me that didn't have it and were getting denied. And I was like, well, I'm kind of curious. I, you know, the range is pretty open. And I kept getting rejected to the point where I stopped trying. I'm like, all right, I'm just not going to be verified. That's fine. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Right. But I there are there are a lot of people that it matters a lot. And and that's kind of why it's my bad in a way, because it just causes drama. It just causes this like, I don't know, unnecessary pointing fingers. It's something that's not related to analysis. It's not related to process. It's not related to what we're what I'm on Twitter for anyway, which is to talk fantasy with people I don't know and to get different opinions on things and to like hear stats I never would think to look up or, you know, that's what I'm there for. And it just clutters up the timeline. Now, I'm guilty of it. I can't really I'm making fun of it. I'm poking, you know, I'm playing along a little bit. So I can't really, you know, cast aspersions from my glass house, but I just hope it goes away. I just put it that way. Yeah. And it, it's funny because the check mark started as verification that you were who you say you were. Right. You know, it's not, you know, it's really Matthew Barry. It's not Josh pretending to be Matthew Barry. Right. But now that everyone, can pay for it. And by the way, from a, a purely business level, I, I actually think it's a good move. Just purely business, not the ethics of it, not the, you know, do I, you know, do I like Elon or do I not like Elon? Just purely business. Because obviously people have flocked to become check marks. Now we'll see how how long that lasts because obviously it's the initial new shiny part of twitter that everyone can be a part of for eight bucks <laughs> so you know I, I saw someone today pittsburgh steelers blue right. check mark next to it yep we've decided to sign ben roethlisberger for the rest of the season he's going to start that. next yep. week against the saints and i looked at that and i go Looking at it, I said, this doesn't look right. So then I saw the, the handle next to it, and it was like, I forgot what it is, at BTS Boy Band 1 or something like that. Some, <laughs> something just weird and crazy. Probably, yeah. 
And I was like, okay, that's not really the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. But you're going to, that's what's going to start happening. There's going to be a thousand verified Cincinnati Bengal accounts. There is going to be a thousand Adam verif- Schefter's and, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and Ian Rappaport account. Like, that's just going to be the thing now. And that's, I think, what bothers me the most is that it just, muddies the water on the one thing I used to lean on to be like, well, I don't want to get caught by a wrong account. So I used to look for that check mark to trust it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that trust is gone. That, mm-hmm. that trust is, I mean, again, not saying that everybody who gets a check mark is going to use it for nefarious purposes, but as long as a few do, then the whole thing is the whole water is tainted. And I think right. that's part of what I don't like about it from a business move, because now it, it literally means nothing. It doesn't have the status anymore. It doesn't verify. And they're not verifying anything. They're just giving you a check mark. You pay eight bucks, you get a check mark. You don't have to verify that you're who you are. And I think that I'm with you. I, yeah. I liked the verification process to say this person is who they say they are. And I can trust this person yeah, because I'm, of that blue check mark. And it's gone now. And I'm and I'm actually surprised that it this has been allowed to happen with businesses. I get maybe, okay, yeah, we'll let like parody Adam Schefter and, and parody Matthew Berry and, you know, parody Ian Rappaport. Okay, like that'll be funny and like blah, blah, blah. But like, can you imagine, you know, uh, you know, again, Pittsburgh Steelers are a billion dollar business, multi-billion dollar business. And now someone can just blue check mark it. And honestly, if I was that person who did it, and maybe I shouldn't be giving out the bad ideas that come into my <laughs> head, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I would have said at Pittsburgh Steelers with like three T's instead of yeah. two to make it look, you know, someone's just glancing really quick. They're like, oh, that says Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, that, this is a fit. Like, Ben Roethlisberger is really coming back. Yep. You know? And... I, I think that's where you're going to see. And don't the people who are going to do this for the wrong reason don't need my help because they already have these bad ideas. But you're going <laughs> to see like these people become smart. Like the fake Ian Rappaport is going to be like I O N. So when you click mm-hmm. on it real quick and you look at it, you're like, oh, that says Ian Rappaport. Yeah, this must be true that, you know. Dak Prescott got traded to the Patriots for like two second round picks and a future fourth. And everyone's freaking out. Why did the Dallas Cowboys do that? That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. And, you know, and then it's yeah. like, no, that's not Ian Rappenport. That's Oyen Rappenport. And like, you know, like, so. Well, I, so on, on that note though, then, I mean, it, it, it used to be a defensive move. It felt like the, it used to be the check mark was to protect the real person and only the real person could get the check mark. Right. So, for using Ian Rappaport, like if it was Ian Rappaport with a check mark, you knew it was him. It was to protect others from doing exactly what we said. Now, yep. because of the pay for play, and and again, eight bucks isn't that much. It's not the money is really not the issue. It could be eight bucks, it could be three bucks, it could be twenty bucks. You'd still have bad actors doing what they want to do. And yep. now what it does is it becomes an offensive weapon. That the the shield is now turned into a sword. And now you've got everybody getting a blue check mark to make people confused and to muddy the water. And then the really in Rappaport tweets something and none of us believe it. We all have to look at it three times and make sure it's really him. And then it causes us to distrust the entire platform. That's what I mean. Like it, it just shatters everything. 
It's yeah. and that's what makes it a bad decision in my mind or a bad business choice in my mind, because it's like, what are we doing now? And I, I tweeted this earlier and I do believe this to be true. I mean, I joined Twitter, you know, I don't know, a decade ago, when, mm -hmm. back when it was I'm at the bus station and I just tweeted something like going to get some lunch and no one was listening. No mm -hmm. one was paying attention. It didn't matter. It was the wild, wild west. There weren't verified badges. It was just everybody having fun. Just, you know, sort of like what Instagram was for a while where it's just pictures of food. You know, like, yep. it was just crap and nobody took it serious. There was no news. It didn't matter. That's right. what we're going to get back to. And I don't know if I personally want that. I don't know if that's what the community wants. So I just I, I'm just nervous that it's a knee jerk reaction to try to make some quick money from Elon because he took out this massive loan. And it just I don't know. It just bothers me. It just bothers me. Yeah. And. That. So I don't know if you know the history of the blue check mark. Vaguely, but not not probably as detailed as you're about to tell me. <laughs> you know who actually. Who the person, the reason why the blue check mark came to be. I'll bet it was somebody like Beyonce or some huge celebrity. Not a Beyonce level celebrity, but former baseball manager Tony Larusa. <laughs> That's the opposite of Beyonce, Josh. I'm just. Gonna... <laughs> That's why I said not Beyonce level. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think people know the name. Even us football people, we know the name Tony Larusa. So this was 2009, if my memory serves me. He was on Twitter. A bad actor was also on Twitter, and they, you know, Tony LaRussa at, I don't know, you know, Shmomi Ramusa, you know. Right. And they started, the, the bad actor was, uh, I don't even know the right way to say this. They were denigrating the name of former St. Louis Cardinals players that had passed. Oh, man. And people were coming at the real Tony LaRussa, like, you're a jerk, a lot of other things that are worse than jerk. And Tony LaRussa's like, that's not me. Like, yes, it's right. the same picture, it's the same name, the same handle, but people aren't looking at the handle, especially in 2009, they're looking at the message. And Tony LaRussa took Twitter to court. And he said, you need to find a way to let people know that I am the real Tony LaRussa and everyone else who just writes Tony LaRussa and a handle is not Tony LaRussa. He sued them. He won. And that's where the origination of the blue check mark came in. Good for him. And, and that was the whole point of the blue check mark. It was to verify you are the real you. Now, listen, nobody wants to be me. No one's going to fake account me. And right. by the way, by the way, I'm thrilled about that. Like, I don't, I would love are, that if that happened. I've made it then. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, and listen, if someone does it, like, just like be good about it. Like, just put all my bad takes, but like make them sound like that's like, well, like, be good about it. Like, if you're going to, if you're going to ever do it, I hope someone does. I hope three people do and they like all fight each other. Hold on. I'm signing but, up for a new Twitter account right now. Fake <laughs> fantasy <you> TL. <laughs> yeah. And then just like all my misses and just be like, see, I told you guys that, uh, you know, who, who did I miss on? Uh, I probably missed on uh, Trevor Lawrence this year, even though he's doing better than he, he did last year. But like put all the bad ones out there. That's cool. 
But now, unfortunately for Tony LaRusso, and I don't know if he's on Twitter as much as he was in 2009, but now someone can Tony LaRusso it, blue check mark, and then just talk about whatever. Now, obviously, there's, there's rules behind it. I don't want to make it sound like it's just like, oh, blue check mark, you have no rules. You know, you're, you know, you're supposed to click a box at the end of a, you know, the Bible pretty much and say that you <laughs> right. read all that stuff and you didn't read none of it. No. But, you know, and, you know, one of the things is like, you're supposed to, you know, put somewhere that you're a parody account if you're actually like trying, you know, and we'll see how that gets enforced. Because I also feel like if they can actually enforce this well, yeah, you probably won't see a lot of the crappiness. Well, but if and you... I think that's the issue I take is that there is no verification anymore. Like it, it undid the exact thing it was designed right. to do. Right now, I mean, it does, you don't have to. You don't. There's no verification process at all, from what I've heard and what I've seen and what I've read. You just pay the eight bucks. You, like you said, you read the you read the terms of service that no one, none of us read. You check the yeah. box to say, "Yeah, I'll be good, Elon. It's fine. I'll be good." And then. You're free to go about your day with the blue check mark. Like that takes three seconds and you're done. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's going to cause so many more problems and it, maybe it's a long-term thing and they're working out the kinks and, you know, maybe I'm, I'm crapping on this baby solution that is going to get into a real thing down the road. But I just feel like it, it adds a layer that I'm, I'm not interested in adding for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think I'm worth, uh, like you said, I don't think I'm worth uh, lampooning or parodying, but if you want to waste your time, feel free. Um, I also know that, that I get news from Twitter and I'm, I'm probably less likely to do that now just because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to constantly be looking at things that I never had to do before. Like had to, you know, what other tweets have they had? And is this the real handle? And like, I'm going to go to Google more for that. And then it's like, well, shoot, I don't know, just stay on Google and get my news. So I feel like it's going to de- erode the platform somewhat. And it all comes down to, like I said, it's just that lack of trust. And, and that's a shame. That's really a shame. Because that's the thing I like about Twitter the most is those verified accounts, whether they're news reporters or NFL accounts or Adam Schefter, or any of those guys, right? I can read that tweet and and know it's real and then digest the information and go make moves on it. Yeah. And now I'm not going to be able to do that. Or someone's going to send a tweet, retweet something. When they send me a trade, they're going to say, did you see this latest thing? And it's like, I can't trust that at all. Like It just adds a layer of murky. Right. <laughs> I don't need yeah. that. So, all right, let me get into my bad. I got, I got yeah. a bad player. I got a bad player for week nine. Um, it is Clyde Edwards Alaire. Mm. Do you remember? Do you remember like the first like three, four weeks of the season? We're like, oh my god, they finally figured out how to use Clyde Edwards Alaire. This is amazing. We were all happy. People were trading him. People were trading for him. It was, it was amazing. We were all so happy. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes back. So, <laughs> versus Tennessee this week. I just traded for him, too. So, I want to hear your opinion about that when we're done with this. Okay. Um, hope it was good. <laughs> hope, hope it was good. Uh, four attempts, five yards. But don't worry. He caught a pass for 14 yards. Yeah, no, this was a terrible week for CEH. <laughs> And the thing is, is like, it was a terrible week for CEH. Wasn't that great for Isaiah Pacheco? Like, it wasn't even like, oh, CEH was bad, but Isaiah Pacheco was good. Like, it was just like, Andy Reid, I think, honestly, I think someone bet him that 
he could he could go a whole season or he could go not a whole season because the first like 34 weeks he was using CEH. They were like, all right, starting like week six, I bet you can't go the rest of the season without you using a running back. And he was like, deal. And like, bet. he is like <laughs> actively, actively not using running back. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, well, so, and, and just to, to chime in, I think it's hilarious that you have Isaiah Pacheco, five carries for five yards, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, four carries for five yards. Jarek McKinnon, three carries for four yards, but six catches for 40 yards. Like, thank you, PPR scoring. Jarek McKinnon's the one you want. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what a terrible team this week. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's like, what can you say? Like, you can't say, like, this is a terrible idea. They're winning games. Like, you, you can call it terrible all you want, but no one cares as long as they win. It's got it's kind of going back to the Chicago Bears. You go, oh my God, this is terrible. Like they have no wide receivers. They traded for Chase Claypool and he did nothing. And it's like, yeah, but like they put 29 on the Dallas Cowboys, who in my opinion is the best defense in the league right now. Last week, they, you know, they put, you know, a million up this week. Like they're a really good offense. You just don't like the fact that just or that Justin Fields throws it like an average of 18 times a game like that that's but they they're doing well on offense so you can't really hate the idea behind it but yeah um Clyde Edwards Alaire was uh was my bad but let let's hear your CEH trade yeah so I this is in a, a 14 team it's the DTC championship league that I'm in with the di- guys at dynasty trade calculator stop guessing start calculating I love those guys uh, and this is actually with uh, Matt Renshaw who I've, I've been in a couple leagues with and uh, I'm I'm terrible in this league just just terrible just terrible not doing well at all I think I'm like one and eight or two and seven I, I'm bad and I took over an orphan doing, I knew it was gonna be a bad first well. year. Yeah, well, and it's a disrespect draft, so you don't even get your own first, which is, I think, a really good, fun aspect of this. So there's actually a draft before the season starts for the first-round picks, which, again, just brilliant. Anyway, um, I traded away, because, again, I'm not contending. I traded away Geno Smith and Rondale Moore, and I got back Davis Mills and CEH. And, I, I mean... It wasn't the best trade I've ever made. I mean, it was a tiny little trade, but I have no running backs on this team because I'm not contending. And I was like, you know what? I think CEH mm-hmm. maybe he has a rough year this year. He probably has some value next year. Gino, I don't know. I mean, again, I've got a bunch of Gino shares across all my leagues. And I was like, I don't know. I can kind of get rid of that and, and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'd rather move to Mills. I think Mills might actually be a guy next year that is going to be worth something. So, and Rondale Moore, I don't know. Again, just, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really thrilled with the guy. So, I thought it was a trade that made sense to get me younger, but I'm not I'm not looking at this like, man, this is the biggest trade I've ever made. It's more like, how bad did I do there, Josh? Was that a terrible trade? <laughs> so here here's the thing. I like I, I'm someone that I like striking while the iron is hot. Um I think you had something in Gino. Um yep. and I think you could have gotten more. I tried um, to get more, man. I tr- nobody no, in that league was giving me a second, like nobody. And so I was like, you know, this and Matt has been Matt's been. And, saying, and, it's a fourteen teamer, like it's quarterbacks are even harder to get. But these guys know what they're doing. They're DTC, so I was like, 
he kept sending me offers and we've talked about Mills for Gino. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I need a little more. And I like CEH more than Rondale, but again, barely. I mean, they're both kind of like meh. But I'm with you. I wanted more. And I think that you should, again, don't listen to this advice. Like, this is the best you can do. If you have Gino, keep trying for more. I just, I don't know. I kind of caved. I just was like, fine, I give up. Let's move on. <laughs> and that's going to happen. Like, yeah. we say this all the time. A bunch of people say it. I say it as well. Every league is its own environment. I'm sure people will, will pop on and say, you know, listen, I got a first and something else for Gino. Oh, yeah. And and other but that that's the league. Like you can't, you know, you can't just sit here and go, well, in every league you should be able to get a first. Or every league you should be able to get two high seconds or whatever. Like it doesn't happen that way. So um, I think I think personally I would have held on, yeah. Just because, and this is the reason why that it is not because I necessarily am like this is a bad trade. I work with numbers all day, part of my job, and part of my job is also to find value for the clients that I have. So. My brain cannot turn that off when I when I go into fantasy football trade mode, and I'm like, this is the value. I can listen if I can mine this out. I'll mine it out. I don't care. I turn. I've turned Kyle Pitts into two twenty three first Pat Firemuth and a twenty three fourth, or and a twenty twenty four first. Sorry, wow, that was a big mess up. <laughs> through a couple of trades. I I mined Kyle Pitts for a bunch of pieces. This is a rebuild. The team is, is terrible. And, you know, but, like, it's not there all the time. It's well, just, and it, it is. I'm just pulling this up because you got me thinking. Like, I wonder what kind of trades you have recently because Gino's on a tear. And I love Gino. I'm starting him in a bunch of leagues where I need points. And so my thought process, too, on this team where I'm not contending, it's like, you know what? I, it's sometimes you just need to shake it up. And I this is one of those classic trades where, like, I made the trade. I'm not bragging about it. I'm not saying this is what you should go do. Right. But the trade finder on DLF does show in the last, I don't know, week or two here. This is the last five days. Really. There's been a lot of trades for Gino. But I do see one that was for a 23 first. Mm-hmm. More power, too. If you can get a 23 first for Gino, I'm smashing that every day. Obviously. I don't think anybody's going to argue. Uh, there on the other end of the spectrum, there's uh, Gino for a 24 second. I I'm, I might take the 24 second. I sh- you know probably could have tried for 24 seconds. I was really shooting for 23s, mm-hmm. but I, there was another one here, Gino for a 23 third, and it's like all right, that feels light. So that's, it just goes to show light. that there is a whole lot of valuation swap on this, right? There's yeah. a whole there's no one way to evaluate this guy right now. Uh, I don't think there's a consensus valuation for really anybody in that range, anybody in this trade, even CEH to get back to your initial point here, even CEH is one of those guys that it runs the gamut of I'm, I'm desperate with bye weeks and injuries. I don't have a starting running back. I'll trade you my first for CEH and your third or so, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I wouldn't do that trade normally, but when the context comes in, it's like, all right, I, I see where you're going with that. But that doesn't mean I'm, I'm saying you know, sell low on Gino. It's quite the opposite. This was just one where, I felt like we're going to get a trade done at some point. Might as well pull the trigger on CEH at a buy low maybe and see if I get lucky. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, 
I'll never shame people for their trades because first yeah. of all, first of all, if I if I give you my trade history, it's not all winners. We all have it, Josh. Yep. So listen, do I do I personally like Davis Mills or CEH? No. But how many times have we said we don't like a guy and that guy comes out and be- we didn't like Geno Smith for how long? For years, probably damn near a decade. We have not liked Geno Smith. Now yeah. all of a sudden, Geno Smith is that dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And two years from now, Davis Mills might be on your roster, not doing a damn thing. The the Texans take a, a you know, pick number one. They take a quarterback and uh, Davis Mills dead. Yep. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets hurt. He gets traded somewhere else. All of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, Davis Mills is is, is alive again and giving me value. So I don't get into it. I do want to get into my ugly, though, and we're going to make this really quick because I'm going to give you the name, the stat line, and then a funny story, and then we're going to move on to some questions in the chat. Love it. My ugly for this week, Cam Akers. Five attempts, three yards. Now, let me tell you my funny story about this. Week one, Cam Akers was doo-doo, right? Garbage. Three attempts, zero yards. Okay, so he actually he's improved throughout the season, apparently. <laughs> but I get an offer, right? Uh, Drew and I co-own a team. Actually, we co-own a team in Junkies. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we get an offer in our box. Oh, I love seeing trade offers. It's like Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's wrapped yeah. up. You don't know what it love is it. when you get the email. You got to open the email and see what it is. I don't remember the trade exactly. It was like Cam Akers and something else. For Tony Pollard and a third. Oof. And I said, first of all, if you've ever heard hear, heard me <laughs> talk about Tony Pollard, I love Tony Pollard. It's your boy. Love Tony Pollard. And I understood, you know, before the, the big week he had before the bye, because Zeke was hurt. I understood what Tony Pollard was. That doesn't mean I still didn't love him. Mm-hmm. So I said to Drew, I said, Drew, this is utterly ridiculous. This, this guy had three, three rushes for zero yards. Three for zero. And he, want, he wants actual assets from me? So I, I countered. I said, Drew, oh. I'm going to counter. I the counter petty for, counter? I countered for a straight fourth. Cam Akers, four fourth, straight. It gets rejected, which I expected. Mm-hmm. But the comment, I love comments. Right? Ooh. I love comments. The cam acres die. I love I doing didn't that. Know about it. <laughs> and I said, Drew, I need you to ground me for a second because I want to respond to that and say, Did you see the game on Thursday? I think he dead. Might as well have. Yeah. And <laughs> that boy dead. D E D dead. I've heard people, I'm in group chats, hey, wh- what, would you, what would you trade for Cam Akers? And I never answer these questions because like, I'm like, besides a wet ham sandwich, nothing. <laughs> literally nothing. Even that, if I'm hungry, I'd rather have the ham sandwich in some places, you know? Right, mm-hmm. like, uh, literally, not, somebody's like, I, I, you know, for like a third, like, a third? G- give me the hopes and the dreams. Because guess what? Worst case scenario, my third 
turns into a guy who has three rushes for zero yards. That's like that's like my worst case scenario with a third round pick. Like, like no, I don't want Cam Akers. Well, I'll I'll do the counterpoint in a, for a half second here. I agree with what you're saying. You're not wrong on any of this. I just think that the trade deadline, there was a lot of hope that Akers was going to get traded. Yep. And I think there were a lot of people that were like, you know, I myself, I don't think I, I got any shares of Akers, but I know mm-hmm. that I was sending out some offers just to be like trying to get ahead of the curve and be like, man, they're going to let him, because he wasn't playing. He wasn't hurt. He just wasn't playing. And the team didn't want him to play. And I'm like, well, then he's getting traded. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get traded. So... Makes me nervous because then they're like, all right, we changed our mind. We'll let you play again. His floor is zero. And so is a third, right? His floor is zero. I think that the only other issue I will say is if you're going to send anything for acres, it has to be somebody in that equal floor is zero kind of conversation, right? If, if you're yeah. going to send, even if it's multiple floor is zeros, like if you're going to send like a Boston Scott and Ronald Jones for Cam Akers, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like some of those bench running backs to consolidate and just to mm-hmm. have a share. I'm fine with that. If you're there's no one, I, I don't want to say no one because there probably is, but it, it, I don't think anyone who knows what they're doing is sending anybody like Pollard unless they're getting someone like Pollard back. And Acres is not like Pollard. And, and it's listen, just that simple. This was week one. So I sure. get you playing the card of this was a bad game. It's going to be all right. But your co host, Rocky. That network brother, we talked about this. And we were like, man, this guy has like, I think it was either one or two 100 yard games before the injury. Like, this guy was was not a like Jonathan Taylor where he put together a wild season where you're just like, oh, this dude is is that guy. Yeah. And like Tony Pollard in a game has more yards than Cam Akers does on this season. And I'm looking <laughs> it up. It's a hundred and four rushing yards yeah. and 18 receiving yards. Tony Pollard beat that in that game two weeks ago. Like, listen, I know people, you know, they, they, Loved Cam Aker. You know what? I was high on him too coming out, but it ain't it anymore. All right, let's get into some questions. Let's. let's uh, this is the part I love the most. Yes. All right, this is from Swavy JP, ten man PPR. He's seven and two right now. Good for you, Swavy. I love it. Trade Lamar, Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Swift, T Higgins, and Mecole Hardman for Justin Jefferson, James Robinson, and mm. Kenyon Drake. He has fields, and his other running backs are Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne, Jeff Walker, and my name is Jeff Wilson. His wide receivers are A.J. Brown, Amon Ra, St. Brown. He got all the Browns covered. So I'm going to make the assumption that this is redraft. He does mention it is redraft, yep. He does. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yep. If I knew how to read. Um so well, I can give you my quick thoughts if you want to think and stew on it a little bit. 
I, yeah. I think in redraft, yeah. I, I always like going after the best player in redraft. Life is short. Your team will be gone at the end of the season. So why not try to win now? And if I'm looking at this, if I'm assuming again, it says 10 man PPR. It doesn't say one QB or super flex, but I generally assume one QB unless somebody says super flex, yep. which makes Lamar not that, you know, mm-hmm. not that swaggy. You know what I mean? If you've already, he said he's got fields, he would have mentioned a second quarterback, I think. So I'm fine rolling fields the rest of the way, as much as I like Lamar. Swift has been in and out of lineups and hurt. I like Swift in Dynasty, but a redraft, he worries me. Higgins, again, a hot and cold kind of player on a hot and cold kind of team. Again, I watch him every week. Jimmy Cole, <laughs> he's just a piece. Justin Jefferson is that dude. I like Justin Jefferson. And I think so far of the players I've mentioned and the other two, Robinson and Drake, are just kind of bi-week, you know, flex guys. I like the Justin Jefferson side. Uh, I guess if if I'm sending this offer, I would try to leave out Lamar and keep it three to three and just say, hey, what about Swift, Higgins and Miko for Jefferson, uh, Robinson and Drake and see what they say. If it's in your inbox and the guy really wants Lamar and this is kind of the best you can do. I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I think you've got the re- the running back depth and you need the receiver help. So I would take Jefferson. That's that's my analysis. Quick snap decision in redraft. That's what I would do. I like where you're coming from with this. I'm actually going to come at this from the opposite angle. And here's, here's the reason why. He's seven and two. Yep. That's a good point. He's, he's going to be a playoff team, most likely, unless there's a massive collapse on his end. I understand that DeAndre Swift, he has been, he's been hurting you these last couple of weeks. He's in, but he's not really in. But you're looking, you're eyeing the playoffs now. You're, you're, you know, obviously you still have to win these games in the regular season, but seven and two, the, the, now we're looking at playoffs. I don't know how many starters there are, which I, I think also could weigh into this a That's little a good bit. Point. But man, if you have a healthy DeAndre Swift and T. T. Higgins can blow up for one or two of those playoff games, the rest of your team is good. You're seven and two. It's obvious. Justin Fields is now on the come up. Like you don't have to worry about like, oh God, I might get ten points out of Justin Fields. Like they're like, no, Justin Fields, run, break the quarterback rushing record every game if you have to. Like this is the only way we're going to win real NFL games. Like keep doing that. And and honestly, running quarterbacks, obviously, you know, we call them the Konami Code all the time. Lamar is one himself, by the way. Yes. So they're called the Konami code for a reason. They kind of, they hack the game. They hack fantasy football, these, these Russian quarterbacks. So I, th- I think that your team could be really stacked if you have Swift back and he's healthy. And I'm not talking about week 10. I'm talking about week 12, week 13, when we're, we're battling for the, for the real prizes here. So I think I actually stay with what you have, but I understand the allure of Justin Jefferson. I mean, the the dude can close his eyes and take a nap and still be wide receiver one most weeks. I get it. I really do. But I, I think the having that flexibility, especially if you know I'm on Ross St. Brown has been injured a little bit this season. And you know, you have a lot of good running backs, but as we've seen with DeAndre Swift and Zeke Elliott and others running back is a, is a tricky situation. And I would hate for a guy like Nick Chubb to get injured. And then you're like, Oh, I got to put 
James Robinson in a flex or Kenyon Drake after Gus Edwards comes back. Like that's like, that's not a place I want to be. So I think I go to the other side, but honestly, uh, Swavy, like this, this is actually what I love about not, not necessarily agreeing because now you have both sides of it. So whichever side you were thinking, just do that. (laughs) <laughs> right, like right, and, and, but you've heard the argument for both sides, so now it's just like, okay, which one of these arguments like sounds the best to me? Right, and I don't think you go wrong. I think if you make the trade, you have it's a Justin, fair trade. You have Justin Jefferson now, like you have Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown, and as we've seen, AJ Brown can catch three touchdowns any week he damn well pleases, and actually, if Let's take it back to the beginning. He should have had five touchdowns in that game. Yeah. So, you know, A.J. Brown can do that on any given week. Justin Jefferson can be the wide receiver one on any given week. That's a, that's a damn good wide receiver combo to be coming in with a 7-2 and two team. And you still have Nick Chubb. You still have Travis Etienne. You still have Kenneth Walker. Maybe not this week because of a passport. I don't even know. What I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, they'll just smuggle him in a bag. He's good. Like, I mean, yeah. they're not really checking. <laughs> well, so you just get um, a passport from Kenny Walker and be fine. You know what I mean? Like, it'll... yeah, like I'm sure. I mean, it's probably like the the fake ID situation when you're like 18. You find a guy on a team. Yeah, it kind of looks like you. Yeah, throw it over there. They'll just stamp it and go. But um. Well, one other thing you hit on, and I want to make sure I say this before we let this trade go. Seven and two. Good job. That's a damn good work right there. Maybe the best move is not making a move, right? Maybe the best move is just keeping the guys on your side. If you've got Lamar and you've got uh, Swift and you think he's coming back and you think Higgins is better with Chase, like I totally see your side here, Josh. Like, I'm just saying like in redraft, especially in 10 team, uh, you know, when you're trying to just stud up everywhere you can, I mean, every stud helps when you're in the smaller rosters there. And I, I don't mind having a little bit less at running back, especially if Swift is who I'm losing at running back. Miko's nothing. Nah, you know, Higgins nah. is obviously a wide receiver two or three on your team with Amon Ra. I just right. think that that loading up that other way, that's you know, I don't know. I just that's there's no wrong answer. That's the best part about this. There's no wrong answer. Whatever you decide to do, Swavy, it'll be the right decision. As long as you win the title, it won't matter. And uh, that's what I always say, you know, and, and we talked about trades earlier, and it's like, well, this is a stupid trade. Guess what? Did it win you a championship? Uh, you know, I had to trade a, you know, in Dynasty, I had to trade a first round pick to get um, Deontay Johnson. Let's just, we'll use that one. Oh, you're stupid, bro. That's dumb, man. If Deontay has like a couple of good weeks in the playoffs and you win the champ, even if Deontay sucks and you win the championship, who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? I will trade picks. I will trade young rookies on the on the come up because you know they haven't quite hit it yet. If I win a championship, I don't care if I trade away the next Justin Jefferson if I won the championship this year. So oh, and and I think you're hitting on exactly where I wanted to finish up on all of this in general, maybe even, but don't don't feel bad about making a bad trade. There really isn't such a thing. You know what I mean? If you're happy with it, that's all that matters. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that try to tell you that their way is the best way or, you know, I I would always do this and results over process, right? And you're talking about results and the titles and all this. 
I think in general, and that's that's a conversation that can get a whole you know hour and a half long on its own that I'm not going to get into tonight. Um, maybe tomorrow when I'm on junkies. But um, Let's do it. the point I'm looking at here though is that if if it feels right to you and you accept the trade, that's all that matters. If you accept the trade, you accept the trade. You accepted it. You you agreed to it. Like I just did there with the uh, the Gino sending Gino for Davis Mills and Ceh. I'm gonna send Gino and and Rondale, but it's like. That, that trade is in my inbox. I'm kind of being bored. I'm just like, meh, let's go ahead. Have fun with it. That, I think sometimes that's where this gets to be so serious. Even disagreements, right? Even disagreements on which side of the trade is better. <laughs> it doesn't have to devolve in who's right or wrong. Neither one of us are right or wrong. It's just a speculative option. Like, I don't know. I'm just giving my two cents here. I, you know, I'm not trying to start an argument. I'm not trying to attack anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel upset. I'm just like, I would do it differently. I don't know. I think that's okay to say. And if you want to do it differently, go do it differently. That That is always okay, especially in this world where a lot of people do the same thing. Go do your own thing. There's, there's a million ways to win a championship. You can draft an all-star team. Get all the picks right. They're, they're, they're just there on your team. You ain't got to do nothing. You're just putting in your guys every week. You're loving life. You ain't got to do nothing in the situation. Other times, it's like, okay, I drafted one or two good guys, but the rest of these guys are kind of sketchy. Let's make some trades. Let's do that. And, you know, it's the same, and I'm not going to get into this because this is also something that could be an hour and a half conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, do you go zero RB? Do you go hero RB? Do you go heavy RB? Like, who cares? Because at the end of the day, it's about picking the right players. You can win going zero RB if you pick the right running backs later on. You can go, you can win with hero RB if you pick the right running backs later on and you pick the right hero. And if you go heavy RB, you can win doing that too. Like it doesn't oh, matter. There's no one way to win any of this. Yeah. Right. Especially again, we're talking about speculating into the future and, and going with your gut. I can't tell you how many times I make a trade purely because of my gut. Where I'm like, I just got a feeling. And then it doesn't end up being right. And I'm like, well, of course not. I had some bad Indian food and my gut was terrible that day. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it's Adam okay. Solves. That's okay. It's not a big deal. And that, and that's, that's the thing. And I, I actually went, um, I made, um, I made a trade. It was my, it was the first year I was in TA2. I made a trade. Team was terrible. Like I said, um, traded Derrick Henry for, a package of picks and actually traded them to outhouse and got some picks back. And then I posted the trade as it happened Derrick Henry for whatever the pick package was. And everybody was, it was overwhelmingly on the Derrick Henry side. You didn't get enough. You should have done. More. Sure. But, okay, cool. Fine. So then what I did was, after the rookie draft, I put the player names in there. They're mm. not picks anymore. I made those for the most part. That. For the most part, I made I made those picks. And then I put it on. And it was like a lot closer to 50-50 once names were in there. And, and that's why like trades, like you can't judge a trade 15 minutes after it's done. Sure. Because guess what? You could trade for, you know. You could have traded for Jamar Chase, and I'm sorry to bring up the bad memories, but you could have traded for <laughs> okay. Jamar Ch Chase a week before he gets injured. And you're like, dude, I got Jamar Chase 
let's go. We're winning a championship. This dude's going to average like 20 points a game. And then he gets hurt and he's gone for four to six weeks. And it's like, like now I don't have the assets and I don't have the Chase. I mean, you made a bad trade. It just means you got unlucky. Yeah. Go make another trade. That's what Dowhouse always says, right? Get yourself another trade. Just go find another way to get a little better on the next one. Just keep playing. That's the whole point of this. It's a game, guys. Right. This is a game. We're talking about a game within a game. Have fun. There's nothing about this that should be that serious. Let's be honest. Have fun. And on that note, let's help our boy Sean Zanata here have a little fun. Hey, boys, who do I start? Pickens, Deontay Johnson, or... The guy you don't like too much, Moore's. Rondell Moore. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you went first last time. I'll go first this time. I think I go with Rondell Moore. Really? Ooh, explain. All right. So, listen, I, I love Deontay Johnson. This has always been a pro Deontay Johnson podcast. <laughs> But I am anti Mac Canada. I'm, I'm and if you're like, who on God's green earth is Mac Canada? He is the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And listen, that man has worked his entire life to get to the position he's in. And I'm I like was, just Saturday, by the way. Right, just Saturday ain't do nothing. <laughs> just Saturday was at the was at the Golden Corral when he got the call, just chilling. <laughs> Matt Canada has worked his entire life to get to be one of thirty-two offensive coordinators, and I have to respect the hustle and the time and the sacrifice that goes into that. But his offenses, watching them make me cry. Because I see good offense in so many other parts of the league, so many other cities. Good, even Matt Eberflus said, "Listen, we're gonna run a ton, but we're gonna score points." And everyone's like, "Dang, you know, like it may not be the flashiest offense, but God, they're they're effective. They score points." Matt Canada is just like it, it's. It's football watching paint dry. It is the equivalent <laughs> of watching paint dry, but in football. They, Mitch, M- Mitchie Trubisky. I said, this dude took the Chicago Bears to the playoffs on two occasions. That's not easy to do with Matt Nagy as your head coach. He did it twice. Then nobody wanted him. He went to Buffalo and learned under Brian Dable, who, by the way, if the if the vote had to take place today, should be coach of the year. You mm. can you can at me all you want. And I will I will destroy you with the argument about why he should be coach of the year. And everyone's like, Mitch. Mitch could do some things out here. Look at Mitch. Mitch is good. So then they decide, hey, Mitch, you can run a little bit. You can throw a little bit. 
but like we just want you to throw like sideline outs all the time. And besides like the awesome Pickens catch, that was painful to watch. And then they're like, well, we got to go to Kenny Pickett. Mitch ain't no good. And then they're like, hey, Kenny, you can do a couple things. You just throw these sideline outs all freaking game. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm almost cursing here because, like, let my Steelers go. Like, <laughs> you have Free the Steelers. Yeah. You have George Pickens. You have Deontay Johnson. You had Ch- Chase Claypool, who. I've never been a big Chase Claypool guy, but when yeah. he's your three, that's a pretty good three-headed monster. Yep. You have Najee Harris. Like, you have Pat Fryer move. Like, you have what? Now, I get it. The offensive line is a trash can and a half. I get that. But you're telling me with a decent, not good, not elite, but Decent quarterback in Mitch Trubisky and a first round pick in Kenny Pickett. You can't score more than like 13 points a game with those weapons. Painful. Like, give me the dude who just won the Madden championship. I bet you he could score at least 14 points a game. I would like to see that actually. That'd be entertaining. Like, just put him in front of there and just be like, just let him click plays. And then just have the offensive coordinator relay that to whoever yeah. the quarterback is. And let's see what happens. Like, Can't be worse than you're doing now. Yeah, I'm with you. So I am I am just like anti anyone associated with the, the Steelers right now because I just don't think they can score points. And unfortunately, we need real teams to score points so that our fake teams can score points. I don't, I don't blame you at all. And I, I want to pivot into my answer because my answer isn't really an answer. And cool. I, I hate when I do this, but this is how I operate. I would want to know if it's PPR or not. I think that helps. If, if That's it's PPR, very fair. I think Rondale Moore is probably the better PPR option. He's just yep. getting more looks and a more high-powered offense without Marquise Brown. Like all that. I think Rondale Moore is probably the highest floor of these three guys. Yes. So the next question I would ask is, do you need a big week? And I think sometimes this gets overlooked and redraft and dynasty both. Like, are you favored in this matchup? If you're favored, then play the high floor. Mm -hmm. If you're underdog and you're, you know, the projections, which again, who the hell knows on those. But if the projections show you losing by 20, right, the number doesn't matter. That's a substantial amount. And I'm like, well, then at that point, I need ceiling. Give me George Pickens. Mm -hmm. Because I think of these three, I think Pickens is the one that makes me the most excited about two touchdowns on six catches. Right. I don't know if that happens with Rondell. Kyler might be hurt. He might be missing time. Yeah. They're, the Steelers are just coming off a bye. So they might have retooled something and kind of angled something for Pickett to Pickens and maybe, you know, come up with some other play. So I feel like there's other context that I would want to ask. And I do this all the time. I'm sure you get this all the time too, yeah. Josh, where it's like I get DMs from people that is like, hey, who should I do? Or I get tagged in polls. What should I do? And I won't, first thing I almost always do is like, let me ask you a couple quick questions to try to dive in because. I don't think start sit questions, especially and trade questions also can be in a vacuum. And that's why. And again, I do it. I'm the same way. I put up a poll on Twitter and be like, which side wins more often than not. That's just me checking the market. I'm just being like, all right, what does the market think real quick on a high hit? Like, just hit me with this. 
but I'd really much rather dive in and get to know more about your team. Find out where we are with this. And again, that's what we do a lot on Dynasty Junkies. Anyone listening that hasn't seen that show, we go in and do a Find Me a Trade segment where we actually pull up a listener in their specific league and say, all right, let's find all the context. And there have been times before where I know we'll pull up a, like a sleeper league and we won't have access to all of the, you know, somebody won't want to give us their login or something. And so we yeah. can't see standings. We can't see points. We can't see matchups or record or whatever. And like that, all that matters. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, God, I wish I knew if this team was three and six or six and three, because that would change my trade. You know what I mean? Like, right. So all of that stuff makes a difference. And I think that's, again, Sean, appreciate the question. My thought, and again, to round it into a somewhat easy answer, if you need a high floor and it's PPR, go Rondale. If you're looking for a high ceiling and are willing to take a risk, I don't mind doing pickings. I'm not quite as anti-sealers as our buddy Josh over here, but again, they're coming off a bye. They're going to be rested. Maybe this is the game that that he you know breaks out and doesn't goose egg yet, but if you can't take a goose egg, don't play just don't play any on the Steelers if you can't take a zero. <laughs> yeah, and you bring up a lot of good points. And it's funny because I um I do this every Sunday. I just sit down and I answer start sit questions. And a lot of times I don't get the whole You can't. Yep. It's I don't too get much. the whole the whole picture. And I like to answer as many people as possible. So I just fly and I just go, you know, if this question was presented to me on, on Twitter, I just go round up more. Boom. And sometimes people ask, but why? And I will break yeah. it down for them if they ask me the but why. But if they're really just like, hey, I'm sitting here setting my lineup. I'm, you know, my brain is racked. I really don't know what to do. And they just need a name. I, I give them a name. So. A lot of times when I see start sit questions, I'm just very much in a bubble where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to assume every every league is the same. They're obviously not. And this is my answer. And I, you know, obviously the more context you give me, the more nuanced of an answer I can give. But, you know, so well, I love Quantity starts. over quality. There is definitely some value in that too. And I don't want to make it sound like you're doing it wrong by doing that. I'm just saying right. I prefer doing it. I think you prefer doing it the other way. Just you can't spend, you know, 30 minutes per question on Sunday morning. That just does, that's not feasibly right. reliable. And it takes forever to get to the answer. And the guy's just looking for an answer. So yeah, I'm just saying that I like yeah. quality over quantity. But oh, if you're on Sunday sure. mode, if I'm on Sunday and yeah, I, I don't do start sick questions on Sunday. I specifically avoid it. I'm like, nope, I am either tailgating or getting lunch ready for the game. Like I'm not, I kind of block out Sunday as a content creator in a sense. And I'm just yep. like, let me watch some football. Like I, you know, I, you have me every other day, guys. This is the one day I'm generally not accessible. And I think that I love people like yourself that are out there because I used to be those people, you know, tagging everybody that I knew and be like, I just need someone to help break this tie. You know well, what I mean? Like I've thought about it all week and I need a little bit of a hand. I love it. And, and my thing is too, is that, so this is how I actually got started in the space before I ever had a podcast, before I ever, I ever had like any sort of follower account. I was just like, Hey, I love this thing. And my friends will call me or text me and go, Hey, who do I start? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I bet you there's people on Twitter doing it. And literally on Sunday, this is what I will do. I will search on Twitter. Hashtag fantasy football on a Sunday. I will go to latest, not top, latest. Yep. And I will just start answering questions. Because the thing, you know, the problem is, is that I have a very small voice in the Twitter atmosphere. But 
people have smaller voices than me. So if you're just on Twitter because you're, you're, you know, hanging out, you're just, you know, fooling around, you don't really care about it. You use it for news. You have, you know, 26 followers and you go, Hey, should I start Rondell Moore or George Pickens? The odds of someone seeing that without actually searching for it, like I do and answering you is very small. And I'm like, but wait a minute, these people do, they, they need really help too. They want yeah. an answer. So why don't I just come in and do that? And, you know, sometimes they'll, ta- you know, they'll put hashtag, you know, whatever the ESPN thing is or hashtag, whatever the CBS, CBS guys, thing all that, is. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, but they get, you know, hundreds Thousands. of hundreds yeah. a minute. Yeah. So they're not getting to all of them either. And I purposely, like, if you tag, so you know, if you tag Matthew Barry, and he gets back to you and goes, "I would choose Rondell Moore." I don't answer your question. You got the guy you wanted. Yeah. You don't care about me. You're just like, but there are so many people, and I and I usually I have three kids, so I'm usually running around while I'm doing this. But on a good on a good Sunday, I'll answer like a hundred. That's awesome. And yeah. it's like. All the like all those people, I shouldn't say all those people, but a lot of those people probably wouldn't have gotten an answer. And then they're like, okay, I gotta do this myself. And you know, you always and then uh, every year has gotten better. I remember the first year I did it, anyone I got wrong, that person's coming back. Well, you know, I mean, my God, I mean, I, it should have been the other guy, obviously. And it's like, well, yeah, once you know what everyone did, it is pretty obvious who you're right. supposed to pick. Uh, but I didn't have that information at the time. So, you know, you, but every year it's gotten better. Like this year, people are like, oh man, I should have, I should have went with the other guy. And I'll always, um, I'll always respond with a gift that says my bad. I have different ones, different versions yeah. of it to keep it fresh. And everyone's like, that's fantasy. Or like, we all make mistakes. Like, I feel like this year has been the best year of people getting back to me with when I've given wrong answers and just being like, listen, I didn't know what to do. I asked you, like, you know, you gave me your opinion. How am I going to be mad at you when I didn't know what I wanted to do in the first place? So no, and I'm a huge fan of that too. And I've tweeted about this multiple times where it's like, it, it, you're right. It has gotten better. Actually, I will say that too. The last couple of years, I feel like it's, it's gotten substantially better. It used to be pretty brutal. Yeah, And it was, even if, uh, like, I remember for whatever reason, this one just always sticks in my brain. There was a guy that asked between two players. I don't remember the players anymore, <laughs> but I remember he came back at me afterwards and said, so-and-so scored two points more. You're an idiot. And I'm just like, okay, come, I mean, really? Like, what are we doing here? And I don't get that anymore. But ultimately what I come down to on the end of all of this is you make the lineup decisions for your own team, own yeah. your decision. If you're asking for help and somebody like Josh here is free enough and and kind enough to provide that help. And then you decide to say, Hey, you know what? I was leaning Rondale Moore. I just needed someone to agree with me. I'm going to put Rondale Moore in my lineup. I'm going to hit submit on that lineup. And it is my decision to do that. I then feel like I can't go back at you and Josh and be like, Josh, you told me to start Rondale Moore. No, you didn't. I asked you who I should start. You offered an opinion. I have to digest that opinion now with other opinions and other things and I'm watching ESPN in the morning and they're telling me some stuff and I'm, I'm scrolling Twitter and I see it's all of us digesting this info. And if someone out there is actually just taking what 
whatever every anybody says and doing a lineup with that what are you playing fantasy for man that's not the fun part like go play the game <laughs> you know what i mean like just hire me i'll set your lineup every week that's fine well i was even that's kind of where i was going to pivot into you know i write for fantasy pros and they have the automated lineup you can actually set your league up if it's my fantasy league to do autopilot you don't even have to touch it right. you turn your regular league into best ball and right. honestly that's where you should be anyway just go to yeah. best ball if you're going to get upset about start sits but i love those questions and again was it steve was that his name uh, Sean, Sean. Sean, thank you for bringing that to the question here, Sean. I, I love those kind of questions, and I'm glad we get to chat about it. That's always the best part for me. Yeah, and, you know, it's it, – it, yeah, th- those kind of things are funny. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, the other guy scored two more points, and it's like, oh. all right. And, and honestly, the, the the part that I enjoy the most, the part that I laugh at every time, someone will say, hey, Rondell Moore or uh, George Pickens, I, I, I find at – Andrew Hall FF and he's he's got a question. He's Rondell Moore, George Pickens. And I'll go, uh, you know what? I think this week, Rondell Moore. That's all I'll say. A lot of times I'll just go Rondell Moore. I'll send you a gift of the guy and yeah. I'll be on my way. And then I'll get a response. And I love responses. I love Same. responses. Yep. And they'll be like, well, you know, George Pickens has averaged, you know, 13.3 points per game in the last three weeks. And he's going up against, you know, a bottom 10 defense against fantasy wide receivers. Why would I go with Rondell Moore? And I laugh every time I see it because I said, well, first of all, you just asked a question. I give you an answer. And I'll go, this is my boilerplate response to each and every one of these. Wow, you bring up a lot of good points. Maybe you should go that way. Yeah, because obviously, if you spent the time to come back at me with a reason why the guy I picked is not the guy you wanted to pick, then I think you know who you wanted. You know to pick. who you wanted exactly. Then you should just go with that guy. Don't listen to me. It's not my team. I didn't pay anything for your team. Yep. And I'm not going to lose anything if your team loses. Yeah. Obviously, I'm doing the best possible job I can, and I want every every question I answer to be right. Of course, I want to. On those good weeks, I want to go 100 for 100. It ain't happened yet, but maybe one week it will. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I give you an answer and I move on to the next question because I, I want to put my focus into that next person who has a question, like 007-ish here. That's right. Good pivot. Do I trade Amon Ross St. Brown for Amari Cooper? I asked him if this is redraft or dynasty. He says redraft, so we have that information on hand. And I think this is a very interesting question. And I, I feel like I know kind of what 007-ish is doing here. He's coming. Deshaun Watson mm. is coming. And I get it. I get the, you know what? I can be ahead of the game. I can get Deshaun Watson's number one guy before anyone else. And I can give up in Amon Ra St. Brown. Now, I will say this. Amon Ra St. Brown has not had a touchdown since September 18th against the Commanders. We're going on almost two months here of no touchdowns. He has not had 100 yards in a game since September 18th at the Commanders. So I understand 
why you're like, listen, I mean, the last three weeks for Amon Ross St. Brown, one for four, seven for 69, four for 55. Those are good numbers. Like those aren't, I mean, not the one for four, the one for four. Is, one for four is, is ter- Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Right. In PPR, that those, was, are, those are okay numbers. Yep. But that was against the Cowboys. And like I said earlier, I, I think the Cowboys are the best defense in the league, even though they might be like number three technically in in defensive stats. Oh, we have Amari Cooper on the other side. Kind of a kind of a similar trajectory if you just look at the last three weeks. Four for forty-four against the Patriots. That is better for them. One for four. Mm-hmm. Three for seventy-four. Oh, and, and by the way, four for forty-four and a touchdown. So that helps out a lot. Three for seventy-four. And then last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, five for thir- for one thirty-one and a touchdown. Amari Cooper has had four, or I'm sorry, three hundred yard games this season. He hasn't had a touchdown, or I'm sorry, he has had a touchdown in all but three weeks. Do you want to hear something interesting though? And then I want to make sure I interject here on this. All of Amari Cooper's good games, all of his touchdowns have come at home. All of his touchdowns have been in home games. He's had five of his eight home games already played. So I'm looking at this like he is loving the home cooking, my friend. He he loves playing at home. His road games are terrible. The next two games the Browns have this week and next week are both road games. This could be a time to send away Cooper. I actually wrote this up last week for Fantasy Pros. Amari Cooper is one of those guys that had a huge week eight against my Steelers or my Steelers, my Bengals and blew it up on Monday night on an Island game at home. Five for one thirty-one and a tutty at home. And now he plays two games in a row on the road. And then he has a home game again and he's got Deshaun Watson coming back, but that could be a rusty combination too. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not, it could be great, but that transition could take some time. I personally, I think I'm on St. Brown is who I go with. And I think I keep Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think I trade for Amari Cooper right now. I think that's a little bit of like some fool's gold there. He likes the home cooking and uh, he's only got three more games to do that. And let's remember Cleveland plays at home in Cleveland, Ohio, which gets really weathery. I'm not saying he doesn't like the cold. I'm just saying those games have other weather conditions that could pop up to be annoying. Amon Ross St. plays in a dome. And that means that you have a better chance to not be affected by the weather come playoff time. So, I'm saying, and again, Amari Cooper does have playoff weeks at home, if that's your your theory and your narrative. But I'm looking at this like, I take Amon Ra. I just feel like that's the more stable asset. And you might even be able to get Amon Ra and a piece for Amari Cooper to the right player. So not to say you're wrong. You're not. I'm just saying I, I take the other side, given the other pieces of info that I've got on the guy. All right. I, I like I like where you came well, look at his look at his road games. The games he didn't score touchdowns, he's three out of six, three out of six for 17 yards, one out of four for nine yards, and three out of four for 74 yards. So he's he's waking up, but that was Baltimore. You never know when you're playing a division rival, and there are going to be some away games for that. But man, makes me nervous. 
Just saying, makes me nervous. He and Amari Cooper has always been hot and cold. How long have we been having this Amari Cooper discussion, man? For yeah. years, it feels like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those players that gets you one for four or four for eighty and three touchdowns. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I just. Oh, so I know. In, the, in the playoffs, I hate that. I hate that in the playoffs. And when you need to win, nah, I'd, I'd rather have Amon Ra. And I think that the, the Lions are coming out of this uh, Raren Rodgers-led Packers team with a victory, and they're looking at this like, it's now. We're, we're the team now. Let's go get it. And I think they turn it around for Dan Campbell. So, again, narratives, crutch arguments all you want, but give me Amon Ra. I like that. So, so again, we come, we come from we come from two different sides here. I'm looking at the Brown schedule. Boy, I don't like the next two weeks. The Dolphins and the Bills both on the road. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm I'm just I'm actually glad that they don't play the Bills this week. Because the Bills gonna be pissed. Yeah. They're gonna be pissed. Even if Josh Allen doesn't play, I still think the Bills score 40 this week. Like I just think they're coming out of that ugly loss last week. They're like, no, we can't have this. They lost to (laughs) The Zach Wilson led Jets and division is, rival, like they were supposed to win by seven or eight. I think the spread was like it was nasty. And, and you you have to now that Brees Hall is injured, really call it the Zach Wilson led. Before I was calling it the Brees Hall led Jets because that's what it was, and now it's the Zach Wilson led Jets, and they beat you. So I'm glad that it's not (laughs) they're not coming out to that game but miami's no slouch either i mean miami's a good team now they gave they gave up some of the points but i'm telling you it's against the new look bears offense who just you know they can do whatever they want they can run at will but then after those two weeks right i think the schedule shapes up pretty nice you get the buccaneers the texans your Bengals, and is this game? Now this can't be week seventeen, right? Sorry for the for the dead air here. The schedule just kind of broke up, kind of weird here on me. The Ravens and the Saints and the Commanders. That's not too bad. That's not too bad for Marty. It's not too bad. No, and, now, the, and again, now I'm not, these I'm next thing, Amari's definitely going to do well at home and definitely do badly on the road. I'm just saying the trend line is there, and that oh, makes me nervous. Listen, I never believed in trend lines until Big Ben. That <laughs> dude was the ultimate trend line, and after that, I, I you know, I don't put all my stock into it. I put a little bit of my stock into well, it. And, and just to, and, and again, I, I don't know how much any of this matters because all these things are different data points. But if you look at this too, the Browns just had their buy, right? And then they've got away, away, home, away, away, home, home, away, away. Like they've got a lot of away games to finish the year. They do. And I mean, again, Browns are, are a defensive team. You know, they can swarm to you and they've got a lot of division games. Obviously they got, uh, Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals all still to come. I mean, like there's some tough games coming up here. It just, I don't know. I'm kind of out on Amari Cooper after that big game. I'm loving to sell him high if I can. And I think Amari Cooper getting Amon Ross St. Brown for Amari Cooper feels pretty right. I feel like, again, mm-hmm. you might be able to get an extra piece on that. But I, I say keep Amon Ra if that's the guy you've got. 
Well, and I think the fact here that we've been able to argue both sides pretty well shows yeah. you that. I, I think I think that's the thing. And, and again, uh, 007-ish, I, I'll say the same thing I said earlier. You've heard both sides of the argument. So now you go ahead and you go, all right, God, what, what, when I listened to it, made the most sense to me. And, and you go with that because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think you're going to end up in a vastly different place. I don't think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to outscore Amari Cooper by, you know, 50 points over the next five weeks. Could happen. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I don't think that's the case. But, you know, you have you kind of have both sides now. So you can say, all right, Josh made a lot of sense. I'm going with that. Andrew made a lot of sense. I'm going with that. And I think either way, if I saw this trade come into my inbox, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it. Even though I said, hey, I would go with Amari Cooper. It's not like a, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. Auto accept. Yeah, let's go. Like, I, I won this and I didn't even have to do anything. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it for a little bit. And I'm probably, you know asking Andrew I'm probably asking people that I know like hey what do you think about this something else that I don't know if gets talked about enough when it comes to trade talks again some other little nuance that I'd like to ask is did they offer you this or are you offering them that because Mm -hmm. if somebody is asking for your Amon Ross St. Brown in exchange for their Amari Cooper tax the hell out of them say all right yeah give me this other piece and they'll do it if you're trying to get Amari Cooper and we're telling you all this data and you're like man that Maybe I'm on Russ too heavy, but I've got this other receiver, Keenan Allen, that hasn't done crap on my bench. Maybe I send Keenan Allen and another bench player to try to get a market. So I'm saying like, there is no one answer. And I think yep. that's what I love about this too, because every league is so unique. We don't know the league mates. We don't, are these guys that trade or don't trade? If they don't trade, then make this trade. If he's willing to, and no one ever trades, smash it. That context matters. You know, if it's a 10 team league with two player benches, you don't have the depth to trade away like those two for ones I'm talking about. Then that's off the table. Like, there's so many things. There's so many leagues. There's so many settings. It's like, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying don't do the quick and dirty on a Sunday morning. Like that's perfect. But I'm saying like when it comes to trades, especially, I always say context matters. Timing matters. Is there a reason we're making this trade right now? Is, does the lineup need to be set today? You know, is this in your inbox and you can think about it, sleep on it, go eat some breakfast tomorrow, think about it, re- read some more article. Like you don't have to hurry. I mean, that all of that matters too. But if you're talking, should I do this trade? Usually that implies it was sent to me. That's what mm-hmm. I think. As mm-hmm. opposed to should I send this trade is like, well, then you're the aggressor. They may want a tax from you mm-hmm. to get Amari Cooper. So like just another piece to add to the fun there, 007-ish. But I feel like we've given you a good roundabout answer of saying, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, Andrew, you kind of you're kind of in my head a little bit because on Sundays, I don't I don't answer trade questions. Oh, you I, can't. See, I see a lot of them. Yeah. You know, do, do I trade? I'm on wrestling ground for Amari Cooper. I'm not the guy for that. <laughs> I don't. I, and, and it's not that I, I'm not the guy for it, but I like well, I'm to, the guy for that. Maybe you're not. I you know, what I mean, maybe that's, like there's to, always somebody out there for that. Yeah, I'd like to like, you know, if someone asks me with a trade question. I will sit down and I will I will really look at it because I want to really look at it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. is this a ten team? Is this a ten team league? A twelve team league? A fourteen team league? A sixteen team league? Is it PPR? Is there tight end premium? Is this super flex? Is this dynasty or redraft? Like, you know, are you two and seven? Are you seven and two? Like, 
I want all of this information so that when I go, yes, trade Amari Cooper for Amon Ross St. Brown, I have as many data points as possible and they all have varying weights to me. They all mean different things to me. But if you at me and you go, do I trade Amon Ross St. Brown for Amari Cooper? And that's all you write down. I will reply to you and I will say, Dynasty or Redraft, PPR, Titan Premium, Superflex. Like, I will get all of this stuff out of you. How many do yep. you start? Because that that's, you know, and a, and a question like this doesn't really matter because it's a one for one. But like in the previous question, it was four for three. Right. How many, do, how many do you start? You know, so all of that stuff comes into play. And that's why, like, I see, I do see a lot of trade questions. Like, hey, this is the trade. What do you think? And I'm like, I, I scroll right past it. And I, and I do feel bad sometimes because, again, it's the same thing. You know, someone might have, you know, 30 followers and, you know, they're hoping that they shout out into the void and someone will answer. But I'm like, I can't do it because I'm going to have to get so much information on a day where I'm literally just trying to rapid fire. Drinking from six. the fire hose. Yeah. 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 yeah, so it's like one of those things, but 007 ish, great question. Uh, I hope we helped you out. Yeah, but uh, and I think just to, to hit at this one more time, there's yeah. no wrong answer. No, there never no. is. I mean, even even in trades, and I think you've seen this on the timeline as much as I have. When there's an 80 20 tr- Twitter <laughs> poll, 80 20, there's still one out of five that like that other side. That's not a smash except there's no such thing as everybody agreeing on anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get, we're obviously an hour and 40 and we're not getting into this, but politics is obviously occurring right now. We can't agree on anything right now, but there is always somebody out there for your other, for the other side of whatever trade you've got. So yeah. don't ever feel like you did anything wrong just because you were on the, the minority side. Being on the minority side is not always a bad thing, no. you know? And again, when, when you're putting out a poll or see polls out there and someone's like, man, I can't believe, like you said it before, can't believe you didn't get more. I don't know. I tried. It's the best I could do. I, I did the trade because I was bored. You know, I'm sitting on the toilet just looking at it like, man, why not? Smash that accept. Let's, it feels good to do a trade, as Dynasty Outhouse always says. I just feel like that, that rush when you get yeah. that trade offer, and then you're like, accept. Yes, please. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that's a good feeling. So why not? Just go have fun. That's all. And, and you can't, yeah. And that's the thing. You, you, oh, you know, you should have gotten more. But let's use this. Or trade I would have given you more. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> you would have well, given me sh- more, but you didn't. You should have. Like, you <laughs> yeah. didn't ask. Yeah. Um, but you know, let's use this trade for example. You know, if I put if I put out this poll, you know, I'm on Ross St. Brown for Amari Cooper, or someone else puts it out because the two of us are gonna we're gonna look at this, we're gonna respond sure. to it. I may look at Amari Cooper and go, God, Amari Cooper is a plus plus asset. You might look at Amari Cooper and go, Amari Cooper is a, a net neutral asset, doesn't do anything for me. So when I respond, I go, God, Amari Cooper is a plus plus asset. Like, yes, do this. And you look at it and you go, Amari Cooper is like a kind of a net neutral, doesn't really matter type guy to me. So if then, you know, the response is, oh, I made the trade. Andrew may respond, I would have tried to get a little bit more. While I respond and go, God, this is great. I think great you, trade. I think yeah. Right. So, and that's the thing when you say, oh, you should have gotten more because you don't know how the other person is valuing what they got. They will, you know, they may love their pieces, even though you sit there and go, um, 
and go, Hey, like, you know, like I, you know, I forgot who the other guy was, but I, Oh, Kenyon Drake. It was James Robinson and Kenyon right. Drake. Right. Those guys to me don't mean a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. But if you're a big Jacksonville fan and you remember the good old James Robinson days, you know, before <laughs> the injury and everything, he might hold more value to you. Kenyon Drake, same thing. We just saw Kenyon Drake blow up. So you might go, God, I remember Kenyon Drake from, you know, pick one of the last eight teams he was on. Um, he was a really good player. I really liked him. And, you know, unless our personal biases get in the way, our feelings get in the way. He went to our college. He played on our favorite team. Like, I can say I may have a, a slight bias for Amari Cooper because he was a Dallas Cowboy for yep. many, many years. Like, as much as we try to, you know, pretend like we're robots when we go into trade situations, we're not. You know, we well, can. And again, we said this too, but and I'll just maybe we can finish on this, but we're trying to predict the future. Right. right? Like, we're trying to predict what, what's going to happen next. Nobody knows that. You right. know, anybody that's telling you they do is selling you something and they're probably lying to you. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. It's a gut feeling. It's what do I think is going to happen? I'm going to try to base my decision on the facts that I have available, but nobody knows. Anybody right. that's like, you're an idiot for making that trade is wrong. They're, that's not true, right? right? Like you, you just do whatever the trade that you want to do. Start whoever you want to start. I love getting extra opinions. I love adding in other voices and seeing like, like I said before, checking the market on things and being mm -hmm. like, hey, what do you think about this trade? And if somebody's like, hey, yeah, you, maybe you can get more. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I should ask for more. Thanks. That's good right. advice. You know? None of that's bad. And ultimately, too, I think trades are, are an odd one because it, it takes two to tango. And so anytime somebody disagrees with me, I'm like, oh, we would make amazing trade partners. You yes. know what I mean? Like, I would love to be in a league with you, not because you're an idiot or that you think I'm an idiot, but just because we would probably get along. We'd probably have a ton of trades that we could do together and both of us would walk away happy. That's the whole point. Yeah. Like disagreeing is actually expected. If everybody right. agreed on every player evaluation, trades would never happen. Yeah. It just wouldn't work or it'd be very rare. It'd be, have to be the two for twos and the three for threes. And not like that's right. those are great, but like, that's no fun. Go get your guy. If you yeah. like Amari Cooper, go get Amari Cooper. I'm not going to stop you. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I enjoy, I enjoy the disagreement and the debate with people because I, I want to hear why you don't agree with me. And it's or why you think Cam Akers is worth Tony Pollard. Right. Like, right. explain to me why that trade makes sense. Cause maybe I'm, is Tony Pollard dead? You know what I mean? Like, I thought right. Cam Akers was dead. You're telling me Tony Pollard's worth the same. Explain right. that to me. Cause what did I miss? You know, it's right. the same logic. And, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, it's, you know, I agree with you 100%. You know, and I, li I like hearing the thought process. Why do you think this? It, it, and it's not like sometimes people can change my mind. Yes, but I'm not listening to you to have you change my mind. I'm listening to you because we play a game based on information. I mean, literally, we play a game based on numbers. It, it's like people. It's like people always say, "Fantasy football is Dungeon and Dragons for jocks." <laughs> yep, we play a game based on numbers. But like, I want to go into a trade with you. Why do you value Amon Ross St. Brown? over Amari Cooper. Why? Not because I want you to change my mind. Maybe you can, maybe you will, and, and that's fine too. But I want that in my head so that when you, you know, 
Amon Ra has, you know, a couple of good games. I know to stay away. I may yeah. want Amon Ra on my team, but we've already talked about this, and I know that the price is just going to go up after a couple of good games. But I'm also like, I remember how high he was on him. He just had a couple of bad games. Let me test it out. Let me see if it's really there. Maybe it is. Maybe his resolve is there and he still believes. But maybe, like we talked about Justin Fields earlier, the resolve's not there. But you know what is here? The end of a damn good show. Andrew, thank you so much. Drew's out spreading the good word of Fantasy Timeline. Actually, he's working. But that's what I say. I'm glad I could step in from one Drew to another. You know, and help out and fill in the gap. Hopefully, I did Drew, Drew did Drew strong here and did him right. I think I think Drew and and we'll talk. Uh, I'm sure in the next day or two. Uh, I'm sure Drew will be uh, more than pleased with everything you came with. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. You stepped up to the bat, and I am forever grateful for that. Sure. On the way out, let everybody know what you're doing, what you're up to, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Sure, yeah. You can find me on Twitter for now, at least, at Andrew Hall FF. Not verified. I don't know. Maybe that'll change in the three days. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I write for Fantasy Pros. You can find my articles there. I do two a week during the season and then shift to kind of one a month for Dynasty in the off season. Obviously, still, I'm on the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we do. Uh, but I'm with you on there on Thursday nights. We go live with the Dynasty Junkies. It's me, Rocky, and Scott, sometimes Bobby. Uh, tomorrow, actually, it's me and Rocky going live with the one and only J. Mike Check at J. Mike Check from the Open Bar. We love J. Mike, so he's going to come on, and we're going to talk process, I'm sure. We're going to talk about how to find some edges and find some winning uh, strategies in, in your Dynasty League. So if you're into Dynasty and want to hear more about that, of course, come check us out there. But I would just tell people, find me on Twitter at Andrew Hall FF. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure being here, Josh. Glad I could step in and always fun to chat it up with you and kind of talk about some of the things that we see on the timeline. It's always good times. Uh, I I love it. You're, you know, you're honestly one of my, my favorite people ever since the first time we were able to podcast together. I love talking with you because your, your, your brain for this game is just amazing. And I love talking to smart people uh, about this topic. I will say follow Andrew at Andrew Hall FF on the Twitter machine. If for no other reason, it's because he promotes his articles and then you go read his articles and then you go, holy crap, I just became smarter about fantasy football. I love reading your articles and that's not because you're on the show now. Uh, I read them. I love them. The the junkies, it's just like, it's such a fun, great show. We have a good time. (laughs) You guys always have fun, great guests and it doesn't matter the combination. You. Um, Scott, Bobby, Rocky, it doesn't matter what combination of the four of you are on there. It's always fun. You guys have great guests. You had um, Daniel Dopp on recently. Yeah. You're having J Mike, who my guy, he, I, I love J Mike. J, J, whenever I get to talk to J yeah. Mike, I, I'm just happy. Um, so do that. That's tomorrow. You guys usually start at nine, correct? Yeah, nine nine thirty somewhere there. Usually around halftime is kind of when we try to start going live. Yeah. So yeah, if you're watching Thursday night football and just you know wanting something different, come check us out. Maybe we'll have a, a fun interaction or conversation that you can kind of get into and leave us comments and we'll do kind of like we did here and answer some questions here and there. We love doing that. Yeah. So yeah, come hang out. 
do that. And uh, one thing that I want to do after telling you guys to do a whole bunch of things is I want to thank everybody who viewed in, was in the chat, love the chat. Chat is great. Love when the chat is blowing up with questions because it makes the show so much better. Uh, Thank you to uh, everybody in the chat. Just remember, hit the bell, hit uh, hit the thumbs up. Leave a comment. We love all that stuff. Make sure you subscribe as well, because you don't only get us, you get the junkies. <laughs> I had to think about it I before always, yeah, I because I always do it the wrong way. <laughs> um, you get the junkies as well. Uh, trade addicts will sometimes randomly just pop up live all of a sudden, so you can get those random uh, goodnesses as well. Um, so all the podcast people, thank you so much. An hour and 51 minutes It's a long time. And you decided to sit here and listen to us. Just remember again, if you got referred by a friend or just tripped and fell on us, hit that subscribe. Do that, please. Rate and review. Love those. It's always fun and it helps with algorithms and things that I know nothing about. Um, So on that note, Andrew, we are out of here. See ya.